have taken to really enjoy these past few years, but especially the past couple of months, I would say, is this time where you bump into somebody here in, in West LA, the heart of liberal, uh, the bastion of liberal liberalism and leftism. You bump into somebody and there's like a little buzzword between the two of you that you realize this person is probably a a Trumpist. Or one of us. Yeah. One of us. And by buzzword, you mean something like bags or straws. <laughs> That's or right. Like heterosexual can... or. <laughs> or they don't wear a mask, right? <laughs> right. You know, and like for example, today in the elevator, I, as I'm going up, I, you know, a couple of people with masks say, oh, is it okay if we come up with you? And I had my mask on because I, I do it only because the security guard requires it. Fine. So I don't need the hassle. But anyway, so I said, absolutely, that's no problem at all. I, I don't even think that these masks are. That, that essential. And they go, yeah, it seems to be getting a little ridiculous. And I said, go Trump 2020. <laughs> and they go, yes, go Trump 2020. And these people, hey. I, you would never have known. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> right. So, so I, I say, I have a cardiac attack there. <laughs> so I say to them, so this is what it sounds like when doves cry. Right. That's, mm. It really it was just a beautiful moment. You want to hug them. And sometimes I do. You know, it's like, you know, in, in a kind of fun way, you know, like, oh, you're yeah, the best. You know, it's just really kind of fun. It's like you feel this this instant kinship, this this affection for one another. It's a little bit like I mean, it's, it's so bizarre now that when you do meet each other and there, there are a lot of us, of course, out there, you know, more so than they, they would like to believe, especially in, the, in this bastion of liberalism. But nevertheless, uh, when it does happen, it's a little bit like all those movies or TV shows, better yet, where there's this tension between this man and the woman in the, in the movie, and all of a sudden they just kind of explode toward each other, and they just have this passionate embrace, like that suddenly their obvious attraction to each other is now manifesting. Boom. Faye Dunaway, Jack Nicholson, Chinatown. <laughs> but, right? And many other movies, okay? I mean, yeah. you're dating yourself here. But the point is that whether it's a TV show like Friends or otherwise... Suddenly, it just happens, right? And that's the way it feels now. That's how bizarre it is that when you reveal yourself to be a Trump fan, the other person receiving it is like, oh my gosh, it's, it's, it, it's the warmest, uh, you know, affectionate feeling that you can have all of a sudden, right? It's not just like in the old days. Well, you know, I prefer Dole over Clinton and I think he's the man and all that stuff. But no, this is way different. The dynamics are so different. And it's, it represents and reflects a worldview that you cannot, uh, it's hard to, uh, to quantify, to actually describe. It's, it's an idea of shared values mixed with chemistry, especially in these areas, because we recognize in each other the moral courage it takes. Yeah. Uh, that looks so painful. I don't even know what to say. <laughs> uh, and my, I know you were just putting your glasses my to glasses look intelligent. On, my glasses. <laughs> I have reading glasses. And, I, and I, it poked my eye a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but but like don't a, worry. We'll cut this out from the final right. edit. No, it, it looks. It looks like, I know, Dirty Rock and Scoundrels, another old movie, when Steve oh, yeah. Martin is Rupert poked his eye with the fork with the cork on it. <laughs> okay, it, it looks a lot worse. I barely grazed it, so but but I can see why it looked really bad. All right, will you remember where you were, my friend? Yes, All yes. Right, go. But anyway, it's it's about having a, a shared values of someone who where the moral values are incredibly uh, inarguably good values. Yeah. In a bastion, a sea of an area with bad values. Yeah. And so you were recognizing the courage it took someone to A, come to the, or the, the moral um, quality of the person to come to that conclusion, and then the moral courage of that person to admit it. Yeah. And yeah. then they recognize that in us, and it's like there's a, a realization of thank God it's still America. Yeah. Thank God we the people are still there. Because what that flag represents, when you see it waving in, in the sunshine and in the breeze, 
is the people. America is not mm-hmm. a landmass. It's an idea harbored by people. And suddenly two of us have bumped into each other at random in this place that's so riddled with un-American thought and values right. that we're uh, recognizing something very important in each other. And that's what leads to that chemical reaction of yeah. affection. Yeah. I mean, it's, um, I think it's also a combination of loneliness suddenly meeting somebody. You know, it's, uh, I, I feel like Tom Hanks in the movie Castaway, and and if if somebody were to suddenly show up on the island, you know, they, they never do, of course. But if if somebody equally stranded get, shows up on the island, no doubt he would be thrilled, right, to to have somebody. It doesn't matter, you know, how bad a person. Well, maybe if there was a leftist or Bernie Sanders, it would be a different story. You'd rather be alone. Oh my God! Imagine being stuck with Rosie O'Donnell on that island. <laughs> Where's that rope? Listen. Where's that rope? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so he contemplated suicide all this time, and then Rosie O'Donnell came. No, it doesn't have to be Rosie O'Donnell. No, it could be uh, Nancy Pelosi. We'll, we'll be speaking about her in a moment. But anyway, the, the point is that it's this loneliness factor. You feel like you're all alone, and then you realize you're not so alone. It's very exciting um, to know that there are others out there. And now to, to that point, and then I want to move on to Nancy Pelosi. Have you noticed... Because I, I have not yet seen, I'm sure they're out there, but I personally, Brock Lurie, have not yet seen a Biden-Harris yard sign. Have you? Yes. Okay. But, and this is important, we are in a city of anywhere, depending on how many illegal aliens you take into this number, mm-hmm. a city of between 4 and 11 million people. Mm-hmm. Right? I think it's more towards 11. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. But, the, so, <clears throat> it's a big city. I have counted, are you ready for this, Barack? Yes, you can. 14 Biden-Harris signs. There's so few, I actually have a list where they are. (laughs) 14 Biden-Harris signs is a huge increase over the last six weeks of my original number, which was six. Right. So it's increased by eight signs ever since the convention in this last month. But here's what's important. And follow this very carefully, because I'm going to make a very important, clear point directly related to what we're talking about, unlike my normal ramblings. Yes. Out of a city of 11 million people with those illegal aliens being counted, 14 yard signs (laughs) is statistically zero. Of course it is. And increasing the yard sign number from six to 14 means the increase is still statistically zero. More people have died of coronavirus from alone and our actual transgenders in California and Los Angeles than the number of Biden-Harris yard signs. Um, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, well, you know, that's interesting. So I have not even seen, I'm putting aside yard signs. I mean, I haven't seen a bumper sticker on a I car. I saw one. Okay, wait, hold on, hold on. I'm sure you saw one. I'm saying I have not seen one, and that's my point. I, I, you know, at this point, before Harris was selected as the VP running mate, I thought, okay, I'm not seeing any yard signs. I'm not seeing any bumper stickers, but maybe that's because they wait until the VP selection. Yeah, they want to save money and just put one sign. One sign, there you go. They don't say Biden 2020, fine. Okay, but but in They're fact, not going to let their enthusiasm temper their thriftiness. I, I would you let me continue my thought? Jeez, do you see how difficult it is to have a podcast with Ari David? Impossible. And yet we love him. No, you don't. All right. No, I don't. (laughs) Anyway, so these people do not want to put on bumper stickers for some reason. You know, I always wonder about bumper stickers because, you know, yard sign is one thing. You can just put it on, stick it in the ground, and then when this election is over, just yank it out, throw it away. Fine. But a bumper sticker shows an extra level of commitment when you think about it, right? Yeah, you're defiling a vehicle. Which you're defiling is the most a vehicle. Thing in our lives, right? But you're also exposing it to, um, you know, people yelling at you or keying it. Uh, well, that doesn't apply if you're a Democrat. So you have to worry about that if you're a Republican. But still, the notion out there is that you know, do you really want to wear your, you know, your colors on your sleeve and all that stuff? For the answer for most people is no. But they in the past. You know, when it came to uh, even Hillary, uh, I'm with her, you know, bumper stickers everywhere. Um, that was something, you know, you saw it. And now you, I don't see any of it. I'm sure you saw one, like you said, but hold on, hold on. The point is, 
that I'm not seeing it. And then you have to, it's a commitment in the sense, putting on a bumper sticker, because once you put it on, you have to find a, find a way to get it off eventually, right? I mean, you, you can't be one of these cars that say, you know, um, Obama, Biden, 2012, you know. <laughs> there were more of those, by the way. Around. Yes. Oh, that, yeah. Okay. You, you, you went ahead of where I was going. Exactly right. Yeah. So your car is, first of all, very old, if that's the case, right? I mean, it means you put it on yeah. in, in a car that's now at least 2011, 2012, and uh, you're still driving around, you know, an eight-year-old's car plus. But taking it off is really a challenge. So, you know, somebody who's voting for, or tending to vote for Biden-Harris, they have to do a calculation in their head. Like, all right, do I, am I so enthusiastic <clears throat> about these people that I want to commit to it in my car and I have to kind of scrape it off later on at the risk of you know, causing permanent damage to my car when I do take it off. And uh, do I really like it, these people th- that much? Right, and like the Obama-Biden signs that are on a lot of cars still, those people put it on with the full intention of leaving it on after the 2012 election, Yes, as they have. It's clear that people in large numbers are not putting on Biden-Harris bumper stickers on their car with any intention of admitting that they had done that after Election Day this year. There's no persistence to it. I just want to say one thing. It's a little inaccurate. When I say I saw one Biden sign, a bumper sticker, I saw one bumper sticker with a Biden on a car in California, in Los Angeles, Marie Del Rey. I also saw a second one a few weeks ago in Arizona with a New Mexico plate. So I'm only talking California, Los Angeles here, you know, because we're talking about our area's enthusiasm gap. Yeah, yeah. What was interesting is my family is driving, we're driving home from dinner and we see this Biden bumper sticker on a car and we're so amazed by it that we pull up next to the person because we need to see what kind of person this is. And every stereotype that we had in our mind of this person was absolutely true. They were older, they were a woman, and while driving in a car, alone with the windows up, they were wearing a mask. <laughs> That's just so ridiculous. It was so It was precious. Perfect. Yeah, you know, I know. Oh, oh my God, wow. Wow, it's, following the science there. Leftists are so cute when they fall right into their cliches, aren't they? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Kind of like when you see a Black Lives Matter protest and it's nothing but white feminists. Oh, I love you it. Know, because Black Lives Matter, accurately stated, is a white feminist organization. Yeah, yeah I always thought that. Yeah. I, was there any, I mean, you're saying the obvious here, buddy. Yeah. It's, I, okay, so it, it, speaking of which, and then I really want to do, move on to Nancy Pelosi. So Why was she done? <laughs> so speaking of the Black Lives Matter thing, so there's this guy... I forget which city he was in. It doesn't matter. Some, you know, pasty, young, white guy who's clearly a nerd playing video games, uh, pleasuring himself uh, as often as he can in his mama's basement. One of those guys, right? Sorry to be so graphic, but I'm trying to be as uh, coy with my words as possible. In any event, uh, he, he's, uh, he goes into this riot, this demonstration, and with all sorts of, um, you know, Molotov cocktail stuff, you know, weapon, not, not necessarily weaponry, but just bad stuff. I mean, obviously he's designing uh, a plan to create mischief and mayhem. I believe before this whole movement, we used to call those people terrorists. Just right. No, right. It, well, he fancies so himself terrorist. to be a terrorist. Here's my point. So then the police, you know, see him, they surround him and they arrest him. And he starts crying like a baby goes into a fetal position as if, you know, by doing so, he, he will make it all go away. Please, this is a bad dream. You know, I wish I was home. I wish I was home. I wish I was home, right? So I, I, it's, it's just breathtaking. But this is really the face of Antifa and Black Lives Matter. Yes. This is really what's going on. It's about these little pussies who go in there uh, thinking that they're going to do some real damage. Um, and they do do damage, don't get me wrong. But when they're actually confronted with real law enforcement and they're actually going to be arrested, they just whine like little babies. Yeah, or real force or a guy like Kyle Rittenhouse or any hero or the McCloskeys. Whenever they're confronted by anyone who stands up to them, they crumble immediately. And the only thing that gives them power is the hive, meaning their or swarm, the number in their swarm to overwhelm people in in, in an instant. 
Right. Right. But but if they're face one on one against someone like you or I who stands up to them and pushes back, they crumble like crazy. The second they're arrested, they have no dignity. Okay, so yeah. let's let's move on to that general point, which is I've got a couple of points, let me get them out. The this notion that they said nothing, meaning the Democrats have said nothing, especially Joe Biden, until the polling indicated that saying nothing was not playing well for the Democrats. Suddenly, yeah. they, they were very concerned about the, Demo- uh, the about the violence, right? So, you know, they're not concerned about the violence because it's wrong or because it's a threat to law and order and to our civilization, or, or at least to America. No, no, no. It's, they're concerned because it, it's a threat to their election prospects. Right. Right. So that yeah, that tells you something, right? And even then, you know, no one's buying it. So... So they say all this time, all this time before when we were saying, hey, Joe, how come you haven't been saying anything? Of course, he's not going to say because the polling is bad for me. He's going to say because this is just a scare tactic by the Trump administration. There are really not that many people. Yeah. What, what riots, in fact? Right. You know, Antifa doesn't what exist. What you're, what you're talking been. about, Willis. Right. right? So, so that's the one point they say. And then when they're forced to say something, they say, you stirred up the pot, Donald Trump. That's right. This is you. You're you're exploiting these riots. Like uh, suddenly, uh, Trump caused these riots. No right. In same, fact, in fact, I think you are the riots. Yeah, it's <laughs> the Trump. same line of thinking they say when the riots happen. They go, "Well, there'd be no riot if the police didn't exist. Let's defund the police, and then we wouldn't have to riot." Uh, or the police instigated this. Or this. They, that they actually think we will buy this crap. Right. Okay. That's the, the that's the fascinating part of all this. They they. they to what level do you think that we will swallow your swill, right? Yeah. It's, it's such garbage. And, and they think that we'll not put two and two together and say, wait, wait, Joe, you waited until mm, I see the polls. Okay. And, and even CNN, Don Lemon, who is no genius by any stretch, but at least he saw, look, we, we can't really hope to win if we have this attitude where we, we ignore these rights. It's not playing well for us. You know, to which, you know, we were saying that all the time. P- people like law and order. And Trump correctly said, all you have to do is call. That's all I have to do, right? So, uh, that, so that's one thing. Then they start saying, I mean, it's like, which is it, right? Before they said there's not even that many people rioting. It doesn't even exist. Now they're saying it's all you, Trump. Okay, well then, well, h- tell me how Trump agitated or fanned the flames. That, that was what they said, they, they, that he fanned the flames so yeah, the how seeds, is saying how, how, rioting needs to end will help you stop it is flanning the flames. Right. How is, hey, Jacob Fry in Minnesota, at the very beginning of this, call for federal help. It'll be over in half an hour. It won't spread. No one will do it. How is that fanning right. flames? And he was exploiting, that we're exploiting this for our political ends. Wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> we were doing just fine <laughs> before, before COVID and before the riots. We were going to win in a landslide. And we still are, even more so maybe now than ever, because we've seen not only how a great leader, what a great leader Trump is before, but now we've seen him as a leader during two crises. Yeah. and The and, riots and the COVID. Yes. Hold on. So we're seeing that. But that's parenthetical. So let's, let's stick to the subject. The point is that they want to blame Trump for this. And they say that he's fanning the flames. All right. Well, give us one single fact. The fact that he's talking about how bad that is, that's fanning the flames? How, how is that? Fanning the flames would be if, I don't know, uh, somehow he sent an army of Trumpists out there to go, you know, stir up the pot and pretend, and, and you can yeah, show some memos. Yeah, wear shirts and then throw Molotov cocktails yeah. and run away when they're... Pretending that yeah. they were Antifa, right? right? That would be something, but of course that's not happening. But they, they, they have nothing like that, okay? Look, Democrats, this is all on you. You sent these guys out, they, and you, you loved it. You loved that they were agitating. And look at all the cities in which this was happening and all the cities in which the mayors were saying, we don't need your federal soldiers or troops coming in. Yeah, and those are the same cities where they had their own police stand down, letting it burn right. out of control. And these are the, their own cities where always these anti, these police actions that are deemed racist occur. So, of all things. Right. Have right? you noticed that the cities, you would expect rioting in Los Angeles, much more so. It's, it's, it's not happening. 
San Francisco, it's not happening. Oh, so, actually, it is. It is. San Francisco it has been happening in Los Angeles. And no, San but nothing, but nothing not to the extent. It's not covered. No, hold on. Nothing to the extent of Portland. Nothing to the well, extent. Well, yeah, that's or, that's, or that's absolutely true because Portland is the seat of the the Bolshevik. I'm just telling agitation. you, we are not having 90 days of riots. Well, it, in Portland, I, oh, I don't mean in to Los argue Angeles. with you on that, but the last few days. There has been massive riots in Los Angeles almost every night. They've just been occurring. This is what they're doing, though. This is very interesting. They've been doing them after 11.30 at night, after the, the, the local news live broadcasts are over, and they don't get covered. I see. Okay. It's, it's very weird. It's weird. Okay. Yeah. That's, it, that's, that's, like, not, that's not where I'm going, Ari. So, okay. so hold on. Where I'm going is... It's not the same thing as Portland. It's not the same thing as Kenosha. It's not the same thing as it was in Minneapolis. Or Seattle's chest. Or Seattle, chest, right. Yeah. yeah. Wasn't anything close to that. Or and Chicago. Not, that's also more. Would you let me too. continue? <laughs> so it's going on for months in those places, not so in Los Angeles, and it's not going to continue on, God willing. And I think the reason why it, it didn't even start at the same time as Portland and all those other places, you would think it would happen in Los Angeles. We have a very sizable black community and minority community here in Los Angeles. And we have, you know, the 1992 riots. It's not as if it's, it's never happened here before. I think the reason why is that they know that they, they don't need California or they think they don't need California. Oregon might be more in play. So they need to, in, in Oregon and Portland, they need to uh, rally up their wild, crazy base to say, look, it's out of control. This is Trump's fault. This is their, their, their machinations. They don't have to play that game in California. That's why it's not happening the same way as it's happening in Portland and Kenosha, which Wisconsin is a battleground state. Let's face it. Okay. Now, Kenosha was wise enough to say, I need your help. Get, get your felt troops in. And now the, 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 the rioting has stopped. Boom. Okay. Same thing with Minneapolis. Eventually, the... Uh, the federal troops came in, riding has stopped. Okay, that's all that they needed to do. Now, I mean, this is, I'm joking a little bit here, but uh, you know, Trump says correctly, you know, just give me a call, and we'll, you know, immediately we'll send in federal troops. Right? I think he needs to do it a little bit more gracefully. I think he needs to have James Taylor out there, the singer, and say, "Winter, summer, spring, or fall." All you've got to do is call, and I'll be there. Yes, I will. You've got a friend. I just think I suffered a permanent erectile dysfunction. <laughs> yeah, he, he was waiting for that response. Yeah. But don't you think? I mean, that's exactly what he should do. That's all I'm saying. You've got you a friend. You take a romantic <clears throat> yes, that way people will never accuse him of being brash. He's employing James Taylor. For one thing, but even if it does, it just needs to just play the song, uh, and, you know, from the old days, and, and everything yeah, will be great. Of course, what will happen is James Taylor will step in and demand he stop playing a song. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Anyway, uh, tough luck, by the way. Copyright ends after uh, 21 years, so he could play that song. Oh, nice. Yeah. And, and what you're saying, though, is, is so interesting, this uh, progression of events, because they, they start by, like you said, denying the riots even existence. And then they move on like Jerry Nadler did on that video that with um, that Fleckus did, where they, he's asked, what do you think of Antifa? And he goes, there is no Antifa. Then what does the Biden campaign do? Because they're a bunch of idiots. They buy the Antifa.com website and then direct that to oh, their that. fundraising page. So <laughs> you've got a computer in your I No, I, I've seen I, I saw it. Yeah. So, it's, it's still so there. does it exist or doesn't it? And now you seem to want it to exist because you are now raising money from this. Are you admitting you are that? Because if you bought Nazi.com and directed that to your web, that to your fundraising, you would do something page, about it. I would. Well, you'd probably be an endorsement of Nazism. I'm just <laughs> I wondering. I know. Well, Antifa must have done it. I mean, either either somebody hacked at the Antifa website. No, the website. Biden people did it. Hold on, I get it. I know. One way or the other, either the Biden people did it or the Antifa people did it or some sort of hacker did it. Okay, either way, uh, under any scenario, it's really bad, right? Yes. And Antifa and it does it. Bad. It looks bad. And so, <laughs> okay. So I, anyway, we get, the, we get the message about this. All right, so I, I told you we're going to talk about Nancy Pelosi. Let's get to her. Who's that? Something about being a speaker. She speaks a lot. Um, really? Yeah. Anyway, uh, 
hopefully she will not be Speaker of the House uh, in a couple of months. But, but here's what happens. So she goes into, notwithstanding the order to close all salon, salons, hair salons, and, and otherwise many other restaurants and so on, that applies in San Francisco as well, uh, she arranges a private uh, hair salon appointment um, and uh, goes in there, and there's video sur- surveillance of it because it's it's there, it's installed in the in the salon, and she gets, you know, busted, not only going to a closed salon uh, hairdresser shop, but also while she's there, not wearing a mask. Okay, so she she goes in there, and she's caught red-handed, and instead of saying to everyone, listen. Uh, I'm so sorry. You know, I thought it was okay somehow. I, I thought it was just, just, I was desperate to get her color. Please don't take my example. It's my mistake. We all make mistakes. Um, but, you know, by and large, you know, every once in a while we forget to wear a mask. And I just forgot to wear a mask and it was wrong of me. Please wear a mask. Okay. That's what she could have said. Instead, she says that she was framed, right? It was a setup. You hear about this? Yeah. It's really remarkable. That was her quote uh, yesterday. And that this hair salonist set her up and somehow uh, did, it was a, um, what do you call it? A, um, a, sting. a sting of some kind. Yeah. Yeah, like they yeah, this hairstylist, because most people who are either hairstylists or salon owners in San Francisco are Trump supporters. That's, <laughs> exactly. a, that's a Venn yeah. diagram demographic <laughs> overlay. That's, that's well it's known. All... <laughs> okay. <laughs> along with you have made me laugh yeah, I shall let you live another along day along with sex toy shop operators in the Castro district along with um, people who operate marijuana dispensaries I was going to say cannabis fashion, and people who have who run baristas who work as baristas or own uh, coffee I know it's a cliche in San it's Francisco a cliche they're Trumpists Trump yes supporters as well as the entire tech oligarchy do you think wait wait so, let, let's <laughs> I'm sure this hair salonist was a big Democrat before. That's my point. Yeah, I, I, no, I, no, I, I get yeah. to your point. I'm sure she was indeed a, a big Democrat. I'm sure she voted for Nancy Pelosi, assuming that that was her congressional district. Uh, do you think she'll be voting for her this time? One less vote. <laughs> I, I promise you, one less vote. As she went on Fox News, this uh, salon, uh, this, uh, salon, salon owner, and she just said, this was a bunch of crap. Nope, didn't set her up. I put those video things there five years ago. I, not for the one glorious day where I knew that there was going to be a COVID crisis and that Nancy Pelosi would one day be there and I would be able to say, aha, gotcha, yeah, lady. I, I, my, my, my big diabolical right. plan has finally paid off, you know, after five years. Yeah, I, I she, she went on and, you know, she admitted that she had been flying back and forth between the Wuhan lab and San Francisco, California, between cutting hair for the last seven years to develop that virus herself. <laughs> I know. And then bring it back and infect all of California with it just so she could get Nancy Pelosi. Okay, so long. here's here's my point. So we talk about this is pure hypocrisy, right? We we know that. Uh, you know, don't do as I do, do as I say, um, all that all the crap. And and then of course the talking points, which are correct to say that uh, they believe that the laws only apply to the little people, not to the important elite people like Nancy Pelosi. She gets to do what she wants to do. Uh, putting aside the fact that that the much richer folk with the bigger houses and the nice yards and such, they can withstand the quarantining a lot easier than poor people or even middle-income people who have, let's say, a small two-bedroom apartment but without a garden, without a yard. Um, you know, they just have to hold themselves up in an apartment. You know how with three kids sometimes, it's really awful. But, but this one, this really takes the cake where she wants everyone else to mask up and she points fingers at Donald Trump for, because, and she, I mean, we have so many examples of this where she's pointing at Donald Trump's not wearing a mask in public uh, when he gives a speech well, or whatever. And, and a whole, whole, whole speech. Where she makes this issue about Donald Trump. And then she herself does this going, but, but it's not just not wearing a mask. It's the fact that she expects a salon to open up for her. Then it's not illegal, you that's see. Right. Yeah. That, that's how disgusting it is. Now, I, I pose a question to you because everyone's talking about the hypocrisy and they're right. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to frame it a little differently. Take this story 
of her going, going into the salon and, not, and without the mask and so on, and compare it to what Donald Trump, uh, the video of Donald Trump and the Billy Bush video, remember that? Yeah. Grabbing the Bible, you know what? A video which happened in October of 2016. That's when, when it was released. released. Yeah, when it was yeah. released. You're right. Uh, and that was the big gotcha moment. And that was the big October surprise. And they were going to nail this guy. What do you think has more of an impact on the electorate? Go. Well. And why? Yes, there's yes. I, I thought of it already, so, I, you know, go ahead. Yeah, there's yes and no's on both ends of no, that. No, no, just, just I'm, I say, a simple question. Which I one do you think the, has more I think of the impact? Pelosi tape yes, does. Yes, of course. But, of course, the media will try to minimize it. I don't care what the media and, does. You know, I'm talking about the electorate. Right, I think, that, I think but here's the thing. And, you know, but tell me in why. In a way, I don't think it has any effect on the electorate because I think the electorate's already made its damn decision already. You are just but dancing around I'm this. not dancing. It's huge, though. It's, it's huge. That's what I'm saying. And more but tell me why. That, it, it, He's not answering the question. I believe it has... See, that's, he is not answering that's, that's the question. Not, He's just not answering. I think that the the real impact that I think is going to be so interesting is the effect it has on the electorate of San Francisco itself. Okay, so look. See, that's a good question, right? These, that's a different I've been question. I'm making the argument that Trump will win California. And we've seen on the streets of L.A. the number of Trump people at random samplings who exist. This could swing San Francisco over. Okay, so hold on, hold on. You're not going where I was oh, hoping you would go. I'm not going in the little narrow box. You won't believe me. <laughs> it's not a narrow way. box. When I say it, you'll say, good point, Barack. Okay, here it is. The Trump video, the Billy Bush video of him, had nothing to do with Trump's policies. Okay, nothing. It had to do, they were trying to attack his character and try to say that this guy's a misogynist. Fine. But it had nothing to do with his actual policies. They couldn't call him a hypocrite, right? Whereas with Nancy Pelosi, this video, literally a video, and her action of demand, I mean, what it all means, you know, that, that the laws don't apply to me. Yeah. It's, um, it's far more damaging because it shows that they don't believe their own lies. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's one of those moments you see in all these movies where, you know, the... They suddenly they reveal, you know, on tape, you know, I've, I will do it. I would do it again. You know, you can't handle the truth. All the things that suddenly come out at right. the end the of the movie. The is just some guy behind the curtain. Behind the curtain, right. Thing. Because it showed, and this was, I think, the strongest line on Tucker last night, where he goes, okay, here's an 80-plus-year-old woman yeah. who's part of the danger demographic for COVID-19, acting like there's absolutely nothing in the world to be afraid of. Right. So it undermines the COVID sphere. It undermines the need for masks. It undermines why there's a lockdown period. Directly, 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 directly. And more than that, I believe there are people who are classic liberal people, not leftists, who are actually the majority of Democrat voters. And they're, they're actually the majority of people in San Francisco who, are, who hate hypocrisy and who hate the, the lockdowns and hate the economic dislocation. And have, you know, you and I have known it was done specifically to win an election. And I think many of them had suspected, but this is confirmation to that. Yes, exactly right. And that's, now you see my point about this, that the impact of this is more of the fraud that the Democrat platform is proposing. Yeah, and, and by fraud, you mean in every area, the yes. whole circle of it's, fraud. It's, it's so emblematic of their exploiting and their opportunism, the notion that never let a, good, a crisis go to waste. That every, all those things that we, you and I have been talking about, it's now been revealed, yeah. okay? So, you know, it's, it's like that situation where you know that your friend has lied to you, and then you, the next question you ask is, where else has he lied to me? Under what circumstances? He's capable of lying. I know that. Therefore, maybe he's lied to me on many other grounds. I can't take him seriously for anything. And, and you'd be right to think that way. I don't think that Nancy Pelosi understands the impact of what she has done upon the electorate. And then when she goes on the, um, and she has to address it because she, she, she has a microphone now, and she says, well, I... Uh, I fault myself for not uh, being aware of being set up 
uh, you know, b- yeah, for being it's played. My fault. I take full responsibility for walking right into this thing. This trap, yeah, yeah, to this thing. And I and and I was told that it was okay one by one. And and the the salon owner, by the way, correctly says, Oh, well, if it's one by one, well then then presumably stores are open then, right? Except with the restriction of one by one, you know, only one customer at a time. Is that what you're saying? Uh, Madam Pelosi? Yeah, you might want to call your nephew the governor and check with him on that. <laughs> exactly. You might want to clarify that yeah. because he's not saying one-on-one. <laughs> he's saying close, close, close. Right, yeah. With his raspy words. But, that, but that's a voice. parenthetical. The point is yes. that, that they, uh, you know, the, the impact upon the electorate is very, very strong. Now, Nancy Pelosi could have gotten out of this if she simply said, you know what, this is a mea culpa on my part. I was desperate for a salon thing. It was an important meeting. And you know what? I, I'm not going to do that anymore. <clears throat> and I feel bad about it. That's the only thing she could no, say. There's, there's, no, no. What she should have, could have said and should have said is I'm actually very good what, at well, coming that part what, of recovery. What, and I agree with you to an extent. What podcast would be complete without Ari uh, always making sure to disagree with whatever I say? Go. We, should, we shouldn't agree with everything. That would be boring. I know. No, I'm saying but, that you disagree think, all the time. I think what they should do if they really... We're sorry about such things. Right. Is she would then say, and you know what? We're right. We don't need to be closed. We we shouldn't be harming. Let's be straight with the American people that we've been trying to hurt the economy for to win an election. But you know what? It's it's discovered. We should we should start ending these lockdowns. Um, you know, if the masks work, wear masks. If social distancing work. We're social distance. If the, the therapeutic psychodroxychloroquine work, do that. Uh, how are these things not working if we're doing them? And if it's truly, this is, I think, the important point. If none of these things are working to flatten curves, lower the spread and the deaths, then why are we doing them at all? Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, you know what? I'm going to, she said, Santa, I take responsibility. I apologize. I'm going to call Governor Newsom and I'm going to ask him to uh, reconsider the restrictions. That would be good politics. But the worst of all is this habit the Democrat Party has fallen into because of their complacency, knowing the media is on their side, of thinking that they can engage in destructive politics that are against the side of the people and still win elections. Yeah, exactly. And in the, another thing that gets lost in all this is that it's the timing of it, right? You know, we're talking about COVID, Right now, this is, the, you know, arguably the, the biggest issue of the campaign, along with the riots and such, but certainly one of the two biggest issues. And, and then, then she's doing this, you know, slapping the whole notion of the importance of the COVID crisis in the face. She doesn't, she doesn't realize how much she's undermined the, the Democratic cause here just by going to the, the hair salon. And, and by doing that, she's changed the whole dynamic. And it's, it's only two days before. That's it. Had it been... In the age of the tape. The age of the, the tape, age, yes, yes, exactly right. The Billy Bush video, by contrast, had been, what, in 2011? 11 years. Uh, yeah, 11 years before. 11 years, you're right. It was a 2005, 2006 tape, yeah. something like that. Ancient, ancient. It was ancient, yeah. right? And even Donald Trump's voice sounded a lot younger. That's how ancient it was yeah. at the time. Uh, and it had nothing to do with the issues of the election. This not only has to do with the issues of the election, but it's so recent. I mean, it's just only two days before, uh, as Ari, as you mentioned offline, uh, that this was not as if, it, even if she had done this, let's say in April or May, where the COVID crisis was already well in her way yeah, and, and there was a shutdown, yeah, that, there was yeah. a shutdown, that uh, you would still expect uh, that, uh, you know, people would say, okay, well, listen, that was a long time ago. You know, there's no evidence that she hasn't otherwise honored the situation there, there was a lot of confusion at the time of what was open, what was not, but now we know differently. I mean, this is very, very fresh, and I, I'm confident that a tremendous number of Democrats, you know, reasonably minded, moderate Democrats, yeah, normal liberals as we like to, who might them. very well say, especially in her district, will say, yeah. "What the f? I here I am, you know, not only wearing a mask all the time." Making you know honoring and closing my own store, and for that matter, not going to other people's stores. Yeah, for services I need for that I need and everything else. Yeah. And here is my congressional leader, or for that matter, even if she's not my congressional leader, I, she's certainly one of the heads of the party. 
uh, just flouting this whole notion and mocking it. And she herself is, like you said before, you know, 80 years old. She's definitely within the demographic that is more vulnerable, arguably, to the COVID virus than anyone else. And she herself is flouting this. She cannot, now she can no longer, you know, point fingers at anyone, shame anyone for not wearing a mask or for, you know, pushing hydroxychloroquine and the zinc pack and, and all that stuff. She cannot do that. Can't. No one can take her seriously anymore. This is going to be a campaign issue, and, and Trump is correctly seizing upon this to say, look, these guys are just opportunists. Now, going back, I want to make a clarification, and, and I'm sure you didn't mean it whatsoever, but I, I know how our leftist friends listening to this podcast would take it. They would say, oh, you know, Ari's talking about how this COVID thing is just a political ploy. He's not meaning that. He's, you know, we know that COVID is real. We know that COVID uh, has a dramatic impact on a lot of people's lives. We're not saying that. We, we are saying, however, this has been exploited it's up been the wazoo. maximized for political purpose. That's what so it is. That reasonable solutions for it have been minimized and draconian measures to deal with has, have been maximized as the only reasonable paths to take in order to cause as much uh, inconvenience and economic harm as possible for political purposes. Right. That's, that's, that, that's exactly that what it is. That is absolutely true. 100% right. Yeah. No, it, it's, look, the you can... The is the political part of it, You can it, exploit anything. Itself. That's the point, is you can exploit anything. You can exploit, uh, you know, whether it's um, uh, the George Floyd death, of course, that, that was exploited. Uh, you can exploit the COVID situation. That, that definitely has been exploited. And it's disgusting how it's been exploited. But now... The, she's given a gift to the Republicans. The, the problem with the COVID mantra that we all must do our part. That we're all in this together. We're all in this together. That required everyone being in this together. Yeah. Yes. Especially the leaders. Especially the leaders. Yeah, well, you said and if they don't do that. Being a role model. Yeah, being a role model. Yeah. And if you don't do that, then what kind of signal do you send to the, to the little people as they no doubt think of us? Right. So uh, now, by contrast, we Republicans, we conservatives say this is uh, anathema to everything that we believe, this notion of free will, this notion of uh, taking care of oneself. You know, we, we would have followed the Swedish example. Like, so be careful and all that stuff. But at, at the end of the day, it's an individual's choice. Yeah, that's, so that's, that's where it's really a healthy way of doing it. We can't stop this immediately. The only way to, to do that is to have a truly a shutdown where nobody can even leave their homes, which is totally untenable. So uh, because that's untenable, we just have to live with it and, you know, batten down the hatches and suffer uh, a few, you know, deaths. Yes. Yeah, and, and do two things. We understand, like you've said on numerous other podcast episodes on these subjects, life has inherent risks anyway, right. including this. And number two, we needed to have the hope that it was not as serious of a virus and as lethal as we were originally led to believe, which turned out to be true. It is not. Right. It's true. And to that point, and it's a, it's a perfect segue to my next point, recent study has shown that, uh, and more than a few, have shown that the actual deaths directly from COVID and exclusively from COVID uh, amounts to approximately 9,500 in America. 9,500, not 95,000. Not 180,000. Not 180,000. 9,500, okay? That's approximately 6% of the reported deaths uh, from COVID uh, that have been official, okay? So that being the case, uh, we've got a you know, real big problem now. Uh, you've shut down the economy on the grounds that COVID is so dangerous when in fact, COVID alone has not killed more than 9,500 people. If that's the case, we have an issue. You now have a lot of explaining to do, my Democrat friends. Yeah, and, and Tony Fauci and Burks and all those Gates bad boys and the pharmaceutical companies and those ninety-two hundred because they don't have comorbidities or were not in the age group that has which where age was considered a comorbidity could have all that's right all been saved with hydroxychloroquine. That's right. It's it's such a shocking uh, number, and this. Fact, shockingly low number. Shockingly low number. Yeah. This fact, along with the other facts that have been revealed months ago, for example, that you cannot transmit the virus asymptomatically. That's you can't. Right. And, right? And, it's, and 
the fact that school children are not affected, right? We now know that, that hydroxychloroquine, like you said, that has a dramatically fantastic positive result in curing somebody from uh, COVID-19. And preventing. So it can be used as a... Pre- so in the case of like the teachers who are vulnerable when the students are not, the teachers can use a week dose, a week's long or 10 day dose of hydroxychloroquine and develop essentially uh, immunization from the disease. They become right. impervious to it right. when they have to go into risky situations. All right, and in addition, the mortality rate was nowhere close to what everyone claimed it would be. They thought it was somewhere between four and 10%, I remember that. And now it turns out to be 0.4%. And that's assuming that COVID is is the only factor, right? right? Like and that's not true. Simpson, it's like a Homer Simpson line. Well, there's a four in there somewhere, Marge. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly right. right. So, and then, and then, oh, hold on, let me finish. So, but that's, that 0.4 is in fact much lower because it's in fact COVID direct related deaths are only 9,200. And, and that number is 6% of the 0.4%. So what is that, 0.024%, I think? Yeah. It's, it's really an obscene, obscenely low number. And all this, all of this, go back in the Wayback Machine, as you like to say, Ari, and see how people claimed that there were going to be 2 million deaths, I think it two was. 2 to 4 million. In, in America, yes. right? And uh, 500,000 deaths in England, I think that was a, you know, a correlation that makes sense. And uh, we all need to batten down the hatches because this is going to be one bad mother effer. That's what they said. Well, turns out, it's uh, no worse than the flu. Yeah, and by the way... In fact, it's not even much of a flu. Right, and by the way, that batten down the hatches was only supposed to be two weeks. Yeah, that's right. That was, yeah, two to three weeks flattened the curve. 180 or so. Oh, yeah, that was, the, that was the fifth fact that, that uh, they lied to us about, that the, we flattened the curve, and we flattened it very successfully, if, if it was even a threat in the first place, but let's pretend that it was a reasonable thing to fear. Okay, we did it. We did it just yeah. fine. Yeah, Trump and, stepped in... If supplemented all the hospital space with extra hospital space. None of it was used. The Comfort, the Mercy, the LA Convention Center, the Javits Center, on and on and on. And he proved that you could build a mobile hospital in five days. So if the curve ever started to bump up and we ran out of hospital space, all Trump had to do was step in and rebuild the hospitals yeah. again. The, so the, it, it, that was all done. Yeah. The genius, the genius and resourcefulness of the American way. Right? That's, that's what it is. We proved that. And it, it never, ma- it, it did, it never uh, mattered. They went from one goalpost to the other, the first one being flatten the curve. Then they said, well, okay, well, we got we to gotta reduce that mortality rate. And then they say the infection rate. Okay? Yeah, stop the spread. And you stop still see, well, you'll drive on LA freeway and those signs that have things like don't drink and drive or this may minutes to downtown. Now I'll do, say, do your part, stop the spread. The spread of what? A non-lethal yeah. cold? Right. That has a cure called hydroxychloroquine. Right. Yeah. Why? Yeah. And then, and then, of course, Pelosi walk in with a fresh videotape, not wearing a mask, showing that an 80-year-old woman who's part of the, the deadly zone demographic of comorbidities based on age alone has nothing to fear. Right. Other than gray hair. Right. I agree. I agree. It's really a, a shocking turn of events. On the other hand, it's not surprising at all. You know, this is what happens, and this is where, how I really want to wrap it up, because it really does coalesce everything that we're saying. The Democrat Party is about nothing, right? It's, it's nothing but, but power, of course. We, we, we understand and acknowledge that. But they don't really have anything that they're about. Right, and when you say that, you mean principle. There's no principle. No, 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 I don't mean principles. They are not about anything. At the end of the day, they are just not about anything. They are about raw power. They, right, they're you about know, winning elections, and that's right. It. They, they have aphorisms all, all up the wazoo. You know, we're for the little guy and everything else. They, we're for the minorities, and you yeah. know, we, it, you, you know, you don't vote for me. You're, you ain't black. That that kind of nonsense. Yeah, you're a racist. My body, my choice. Free of yeah. choice. These are yeah, things that yeah. just mean nothing. They're a bunch of aphorisms, bunch of expressions, bunch of trite platitudes. But that's it, and they're about nothing. And so. When you have a party that's about nothing, then they grasp for anything to, to attack the other side, to say, look, I, I need my power. But they just, they have no sail. They just go anywhere where the wind or the tides or the waves may take them. That's it. That's, that's all they have to offer. 
Whereas with the Republican Party, you get this sense of we are for America, we are for free enterprise, we are for individualism, right? We are for creativity, we're for spreading liberty. And finally, and very importantly, perhaps most importantly, we are for God. Okay? We want to do God's work, right? Are we on God's side? We always ask that question. And the, the Democrats don't have any of those things. They're, they're certainly not for America, right? We know that. They, they say death to America now. They, they, they're certainly not for God. They took out the Pledge of Allegiance, uh, you, know, uh, you know, under God phrase. Uh, they're certainly not for capitalism. They're all about socialism now, right? They're certainly not for creativity. They're not for family. They're not for any American way. Yeah, they're certainly not for the environment if you see how they run their cities. That's another they're story. They're yeah. everywhere. Yeah, they're certainly not for law and order. So just what are you for, my friend? And now they've proved that even their aphorism, their platitude about uh, being for the, for the black minority, that's all falling apart too. Yeah. They're about if, nothing. Yeah, because if you see these protests invariably, you'll see at least, if, if you really look, you'll see at least one video of white liberal Black Lives Matters people, who, because Black Lives Matter is a white liberal feminist organization, screaming racial epithets into the face of a minority police officer. Yeah. Oh, I, it's I, unbelievable. It, it is unbelievable. But yeah. that's, well, the point, that's, that's the point, and that's where I want to wrap it up. Um, you know, you want, you want to make one more point. I want to say one more point and uh, remind you of something I said at the beginning of the, the COVID shutdown hysteria. I said all that would be left, and we sort of said it together, but I'm reminding you sort of of our collective point. Sure. All that would be left is piles of ash. Yeah. Well, how prescient was that when you factor in the arson and the looting and the burned out buildings? Look at Kenosha. What's left? Yeah. Piles of ash. So what are they for? Piles of ash. They are ultimately for the destruction of America. That's really what it's about. <clears throat> they really believe that America is rotten to the core, and now it's all revealed. It's all there. There's, there have been now physical manifestations of their party's politics. They've been cagey about it. They've been paying lip service to America. They even, even paid lip service to, to God and to Christianity. No more. The mask has been taken off, literally and figuratively. And boy, oh boy, that word mask and Pelosi not using it, what a perfect metaphor. I'm Brock Lurie. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you next week. <laughs>